0: You're listening to a Hindustan Times production. Brought to you by HT Smartcast. Hi guys, how's it going? It's Fashion O'Clock and you're with Manish. Today, I have a very dear friend of mine joining us, acclaimed Bollywood stylist, Mohit Rai. Mohit is one of the most iconic designer today we have in the Indian fashion scene, and Mohit needs no introduction whatsoever. He's done incredible work as an editorial stylist with Bazaar Bride long back, and then he made a transition into Bollywood. He's been styling Kareena Kapoor Khan, Shilpa Shetty Kundra, Jandi Kapoor, Vani Kapoor, Sanakshi Sinha, The Who's Who. What stands out about Mohit's work is the fact that he's got a very individual point of view, a very distinctive style vocabulary, which makes him the cut above the rest. Mohit has got an incredible sense of person style too. Like I've always seen him looking dapper at any event and he's just effortless. Perhaps that's what makes him one of the most go-to, sought-after stylists in Bollywood today. And I'm so glad Mohit has agreed to take some time off his busy schedule and join us for this chat. I have been a big fan of Mohit's work at Bazaar Bride. Because what I love about Mohit is the fact that, you know, he's always had a very edgy, off-kilter, something we've not seen in Bollywood and editorial space. So whether it's high fashion, it's luxury, it's street, it's couture. I mean, it's got that inevitable Mohit touch. Mohit always gives it a really unique spin and that's what makes him the talking point among designers, among brands in the industry who are really excited to have a collaboration.
1: Hello Mohit. Hi. Welcome, welcome. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you for having me and thank you for this amazing are these amazing things that you said about me. Likewise, you know how much I love you and like oh that time, good you're right. I think we have multiple <laughs> conversations about this. But thank yes. you. Thank you for having me. Thank you how for
0: being going. there. So Mohit, I would love to know that you know you made a beautiful transition from working with a magazine Bazaar and then you got into Bollywood and then you were doing brand films and promotions, red carpet, a lot of other things. So how was the transition, because you know when you're doing work for an editorial for a magazine, it's a very different yeah. vocabulary, it's a very different viewpoint. And then you have working with a top Bollywood actress. You know, who has a mind of her own and then you have a client who has a brief You know, so yeah. how do you manage your own creative freedom your own point of view and then sort of synchronize it with the brief given to you
1: honestly you know I know it sounds like it's really complicated but it's really not I think uh, the whole concept of being a stylist and I think a lot of people uh, really try to try to make this a big thing that being an editorial stylist is very different from being a celebrity stylist being a commercial stylist I think if you're a stylist you should be able to do all of it First of all, so I think it—I don't think it has so much to do with uh, the transition per se. Of course, I mean the process is different. All the processes are different. I think when you—any whenever you do anything, everything has its own set of rules that you sort of have to work within. But in terms of like being able to do it, I think pretty much the same um, idea works behind it. The only thing is your briefing changes. So for—for example, when you're doing an editorial, what you're trying to create is just really beautiful, aspirational imagery that people can look at and be like inspired by. I don't know I mean I know a lot of it doesn't exist anymore now in print because people keep saying the same thing about print but I think uh, like when I was young uh, we used to buy you know we used to like save up money and buy all these like magazines and you know it was so exciting to buy like a vogue like a, a Vogue, a, a vintage British vogue I used to collect money I used to go to this market in Darya Ganj in Delhi and I used to go pick up like these old magazines and you know pull out pages so I think there was something very important at that time where we wanted to rip out pages from magazines and put them on our walls and put them in our mood boards. Be inspired by that look at them get inspired by them uh so, so i think that's it's about creating that sort of aspiration through imagery but i also think when you're dressing someone it's also about creating an aspiration right it's about creating a visual aspiration that somebody would want to look like them or somebody would want to emulate that style because these people celebrities particularly they have millions of followers they have so much fan following and all these people are looking at them constantly like what they're wearing and there's obviously this constant critique that goes into it so I think, I think that's it's again you're trying to create that aspirational value. Same I think when when, it's, when you're styling for a brand, you are trying to create like like the client base of the brand or the consumer, they need to feel the aspirational value to go and consume that product and buy. So I think what we do is storytelling and I think it's very important to be able to tell that story across any medium. So whether it's editorial or through someone's personal style or through a brand campaign, you should be able to tell some sort of story through just a visual narrative like through the the, the fashion and not have to like spell it out or not have not not someone to read about it. So yeah, that's pretty much, I don't think it's been difficult in that sense.
0: And you've been working with these amazing actresses like Karina Kapoor Khan, Shilpa Chachi, Vani Kapoor, Muriam Dhuozo. So how do you sort of, uh, you know, when you're working with them, how do you handle their temperament? They everyone's got their own vibe, their own personal style? And then there's, yeah. a, there's a Mohit Rai mood board with you, you know? So how do you sort of <laughs> bring that together, you know? I
1: I, I never have a mood board ever Uh, I just generally like I I mean we take a brief I think it's all very nice and very simple because at least the people that I work with don't really have any temperamental issues so I think that's also why I've been able to chat along and work with them because I'm a very easy person like on set and when I work with people like I think I, I think nobody likes like negativity so I've never worked with any people who are negative at all so pretty much every day everyone that I work with has a very calm temperament of course it's work so work has its own stresses but that's any kind of work so um, yeah, so temperament-wise, I'm pretty sorted. Like I work with all calm and cool people. When it comes to work, the specific effect, I think they're all pretty easy to work with. Like uh, in terms of, they're all pretty experimental. Of course, they all have an individual persona. So like for example, somebody's more effeminate, somebody's an easier person, somebody is more like just just likes more street style. But within that sort of personality, you have to be able to deliver the best of that, right? So you have to take that personality brief and you have to help them escalate it and elevate it and make it look polished and that's the only brief I work with. I'm not necessarily working with anyone telling me, oh, we must work with this. I mean, of course, there are, there are events when, you know, you're working with brands, you know, they'll give you a specific color and a certain kind of backdrop that you know. But otherwise, I think the only thing I work with is like personality type. So if somebody's not going to look like it's their personality, what they're wearing, it's going to look like it's sourced for them and ideally what I feel it should look like is that it's come out of their own closet so anything that they wear even if it's couture it should look like something that they would wear or something that they own within the definition of that that realm of that uh, event but it should be them so I think that's where I mean that's kind of where it works for me it's I mean I honestly I don't think so much about it like I try to keep it pretty simple and like just, it, for me it always needs to just look really amazing, people need to feel good, they need to look flattered, they need to look um, like themselves and I love a little glamour because that's just me personally so I love everything to be little amped up and little notched stuff but if somebody wants something understated I'm very happy to do like, that as well like I like I know like I said if you're a stylist you should be, take, you should be able to do anything like you can't put yourself in a hole and be like this is my style sure you can have a signature but as a stylist you're supposed to be able to do pretty much everything. I
0: do. We've been getting these lovely messages, people want to know from where you got your amazing haircut and you're looking uh, really <laughs> sharp today. Uh, do you have like a grooming regime, do you, do you care about how you look or do you put together a look when you're stepping out if
1: you've got an invite to go out to a party?
0: Do you plan your look in advance or you think it's like just off the moment thing?
1: It's a very in the moment thing, I never planned my looks in advance ever. Like I don't think I've ever done that. Uh, I, simply because I keep saying this and you know a lot of people are like, oh, uh, stylist must have such a glamorous wardrobe and such an amazing lifestyle, they're always getting dressed to go to the event. We are like the last people and that's like I think I can speak for the entire community. I think we are the last people to think about how we look because we're so busy doing like doing it for others that when it comes to by the time it comes down to us, I think we just like find the first thing. For me it's always the first thing that's up there the first two three things, which is I always end up wearing the same thing. So people think I have very little clothes Because I'm always wearing the five things because they're all the five things on top. But if you shuffle my wardrobe, there's a lot of things, but they're all very comfortable things. Nothing is like hectic, and nothing is like too tight. Nothing for me is like too stressful like when it comes to fashion up. Very relaxed in how I dress. Of course, I mean yeah, there is I mean, because we work in an in an industry which is very aesthetically, you know, I mean there is a judgement. I mean, I'm not saying there's a judgement, but there is a certain visual presentation that goes into it. So of course, you have to be a little mindful of how you're dressing, but you can't like, spend like, too much time thinking about it because, honestly, there is no time I think, for any stylist out there.
0: So, we have a question. Medha wants to know who's the most fun actor to work with?
1: Who's the most fun actor to work with? Uh, Everyone, I think I think lately I've been working with Jani and she's one of the most fun people I've met in life. But I also think because she's really young and she's like a millennial, so I think that energy is so like it's so effervescent and it's so infectious. I think so for like currently like I think that's fun but I always have a fun day with everyone I work with. I have the best days when I work with Sunakshi. I have the most amazing days when I work with Bani. With any of the, I think any of my clients whenever I work, it's such a fun day at work. Like it's because it doesn't seem like a stressful work day, with Shilpa has so much fun. Like we have a blast, we're always eating and we're always like, we're always chatting and gossiping. Like it's one of those fun days on set, always with any of them honestly.
0: And any favourite designer you enjoy working with in India or internationally? Like you source a lot from international brands like Jacquemus you got for Shilpa. And in yeah. India you work with say the likes of Amita Agarwal and Palmini Shane Peacock. So do you have like a favorite you really love collaborating with?
1: Uh, Just in terms of the design language, I love, love, love Anamika and I love Tarun, and I love Hamid and I love Alguni. and these are designers that I'm just obsessed with and I've been working with forever.
0: What would you wear on a date night? Like would you wear something like a tailored denim or would you wear something uh, not tailored or something anti-fit? What would be your look for a date night?
1: Uh, never anti-fit, like I feel like never. I, I, I don't think I can pull it off. I think you need to be much cooler than me and have a much better personality to pull off handy fit I've seen a lot of people pull it off, I don't think I could. I love tailored fit and I love the, like what you just said, like the like head to denim. That is so, my, I love denim, I could live in denim, honestly. So, yeah, I think that would be amazing if I could. But for a date night, I don't know, I've usually been, honestly, I'm not, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very honest here. For uh, usually for date nights I've always been very proper so I'm always wearing like a trouser and a shirt. I've also been known to wear ties because I think there's a certain propriety in like looking well dressed and having like formal shoes and looking like really proper at a date. So yeah. Are you Takti
0: do ka hai or would you go for a pandi? Like if, if you have an option between say a pandi look like a traditional Indian look and you have a tuxedo.
1: I don't think I would. I, I don't know. It's not something I ever wear unless there's an Indian occasion. Like on a personal level. I know a lot of people who pull it off like that, and there's, there's, a very, there's a very magical charm to people wearing it. And I think there's a very nice old world aesthetic there. And a lot of people really put it off. But for me, I think Indian wear sort of falls in the festive category for me. So they only come out when there's a Diwali party or there's a, you know, there's a house. Some really cool Indian wedding function or something. That's when my Indians come out. And given
0: the past, Shah, you've been the biggest proponent of athleisure trend. Like I remember you told me once that we haven't even scratched the surface of leisure, and Absolutely. athleisure needs to evolve more. So do you see leisure going stronger now? Or you see rolling 20 going back to the rigid tailoring, we're going back to the course of tailoring, or you think we'd still go back to leisure, evolve it further, refine it further.
1: Uh, no, so I think both these aesthetics now exi- are, are coexisting. so tailoring is obviously really important obviously there are a lot of people like me also where like a lot of people who are very very particular about tailoring. but at leisure, I think is now it's not it's not about an aesthetic anymore. I think it's just a movement. I don't think in the long run at leisure is ever going away. I think comfort dressing has now become a part of our DNA so even at and I've seen corporates now you know loosen the rules so i I, I, I think just globally, leisure, is only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. The consumption is getting bigger. The wearability of it is becoming more versatile. Like now you can wear leisure, like I said, to work, to play, like uh, in life, like generally it's to relax at home. So there are just so many applications that I don't think at leisure will now ever be something that will never be in trend. It's become like, you know, it's it's, it's how it is. There's such a fashion and then there's comfort dressing and then there's tailored fashion. I think at leisure is not, not a trend anymore. Like we can't say that it will it ever be out. It'll never be out. I think it's always going to be in it. It's only going to get bigger. The market share of the pleasure, even if you just go to a... I mean, not just luxury brands, if you just go to high street brands, from what it used to be in a, a couple of years ago to what the market share is, when you see just the racks, the atletia is really dominant right now. People are opting for more and more sneakers than formal shoes. What they used to spend at like a Ferragamo, you know, a leather a, a shoe at Ferragamo, they're now spending that same amount of money on a sneaker from a Balenciaga or a Dior or a Gucci they're spending the same amount of luxury spend on a sneaker. So I do think athleisure is not a, it's, it's definitely not a trend thing. I think it's only going to get bigger and bigger.
0: And today you have a stylist walking out of every corner. Like every day you have a new stylist, you have a new blogger ka emerging. So how do you see the future of styling in India? And what message would you like to give them? Because they usually associate styling with a lot of glamour, a lot of power, prestige. But I'm sure there's a lot of hard work which goes behind styling, putting together a look.
1: Okay, so I'm going to be honest here. I feel a lot of the people who are getting into styling are doing it because they think that it's a glamorous thing to do. And it's uh, it seems like great thing to do in this moment. Do it if you really have a passion for it, because it's not an easy job, obviously. There is much to be said about, at this point, the organization level of it in India. It is still a very nascent industry in India. I think it's only been popular in the last 10 years. I mean, there was always Anayita, the and there was Gotham, and there was Aki, and, you know, they've sort of paved the way for us. What it is now, I think, as an industry, and I think as a career choice, I don't think it was in that moment. So I do understand the appeal of why so many people want to do it. But I think a lot of people need to understand that there needs to be a formal education. There needs to be the right amount of assisting people. There needs to be the right amount of you know, like any I think anything that you do in life, it needs the correct amount of understanding and training. It's not a whim. Just like, you know, you want to become a doctor, you go and study it, right? You want to become an astronaut, you want to become a physicist. Anything that you want to become, it's a science that you have to study. You have to understand, you have to work it, you have to do internship. It's the same thing. I think you have to do it and you have to work work with people for a long time to understand the nuances of the industry because there's one thing to be, to be, to be, to be spoken of and, but then there's one thing to, to, to really understand while you're working. So there is you can't, you, you can't just wake up one day and be like, oh, I, I, I love how I dress. And I know how to put some clothes together, so let me become a stylist. Like that's really, I think, I think, I think the whole influencer culture specifically may have contributed to this a lot because I think a lot of people, because they're so good at dressing themselves, they think that it's that that they, they can be amazing stylists. Not so much. It's a profession and it's a it's a serious profession, which takes its own amount of effort. It takes its own amount of understanding and education. So anyone who wants to do it, do it for sure. I mean, who am I to tell anyone not to do it or to do it? But you have to get educated. You have to, you have to understand basic things like fitting. You have to understand a basic thing like, like, uh, like fabrics. Like what sort of fabric will have what sort of fall? Is there transparency to a certain fabric in a certain kind of light? So you have to have, you have to understand these things before you can call yourself a stylist. It's not just about like running around and fetching some clothes and giving it to someone to wear. It really isn't that because honestly, anyone can do that. Like dressing someone does not a stylist. Make. So you need to have, I think, a formal education and some sort of formal training, for sure. So then you have a mad passion for it, on a personal level, I think a mad passion for it, because this is not the kind of, I think, profession where you can just do it in a way, you have to have a mad passion, you have to sacrifice your personal life on such a big level, like it, it takes a lot initially, you don't make any money you don't have a life like it's a lot to begin with in the long run I mean it's very satisfying if if this is really something you want to do for sure
0: so when you have an intern coming to you that you know Mohit I would love to work with you it's my dream to work with you what attributes do you look at I mean do you actually see what they're wearing on the day of the interview what have they done in the past I mean how do you assess what's the criteria
1: if somebody comes and meets me in heels and if that's what they wear on a regular regular day then they are definitely not going to get it because you are never going to be able to work in heels in what we do. The amount of running around we have, the amount of stress we have, you need to look like you are owning what you wear and obviously a certain level of presentability counts. A certain level of being, being well spoken counts. But genuinely, I think at the end of the day, what really, really counts is how bad you want to do it. And, and you know what? A lot of people can fake it that they really want to do it. But you're not going to make it if you're going to fake it. Like you are, you you need to be able to, and I think within the first two months or within the first month, I think people can understand whether they want to do it or they want to do it. I've had lots of people come to me and say that this is their life's passion and do it for a month and then be like, oh, we can't do it. I mean, if if somebody wants to give it a try, go for it. I think you'll be able to tell within literally in in a month whether it's for you or not. And if it is, if somebody really wants to do it, they'll commit through it through the worst weather and the worst kind of possible situations because there are some really last minute problems that come up it's, it's, like I said like I said it's a disorganized industry a lot of stress does come up very last minute so if you want to do it I know you will be able to handle it
0: any favorite red carpet assignment any particular
1: work you're really proud of any favorite red carpet movement like you know any you know like uh, on so the red many, I love uh, so many I, I love red carpets like I think that's where I I love it because I'm such a maximalist at heart so every time I have the op- opportunity to make someone look glamorous and larger than life that's like my favorite moment always. So uh, yeah, I've, 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 I think I've had some really great moments with a lot of my girls. I've had some really amazing moments with Sanakshi. There was some, one time that we did a Janina Couture gown, it was a silver full metallic gown where we did like a really fierce top knot with like a green eyeshadow and it was very very experimental. I thought at that point to do it and we were all very divided about whether we should do it or not but then we did it, we realised it's one of those amazing moments. Uh, with Karina, I think I've had some amazing red carpet moments which I love, like I absolutely love her. Uh, with Jandi, I've had some amazing ones. With Vani, I actually love red carpets honestly, so I could this list will never end if I keep going. I love red carpet more than anything, so yeah.
0: So there's been the criticism about red carpet dressing in India that either it's a ball gown with a giant train or it's a pantsuit or it's somewhere in between do you see red carpet evolving now we are out of pandemic things are looking, up. Things are looking positive do you see red carpet further evolving now we won't be either in the Dolce Gabbana you know like a princess Cinderella moment or something like high high slit which you've been doing for a very long time
1: I, I think I think the red carpets are evolving because like I said now there's a, now there's a generation of millennial uh, actors coming in a lot of millennials. And even the Gen Z you now they're they're getting into it. So a lot of them are now becoming more and more popular and more and more prevalent in the red carpet. So you will see that effect, right? Like when you when you look at a when you look at a candle and a guy Kai, they're not dressing the same way that their sisters were dressing, which is just five years ago. So it, it, and and now when you know the next generation comes in, it'll be even more different. So it is evolving. It is getting cooler. It is getting younger. It's getting harder and harder for us to keep up with it. For well, sure, there is an evolution, but I think that's that's the most exciting part, right, about fashion specifically. It is cyclical, so today something that's Cinderella, seems seem dated tomorrow, but it will come back in another five years. It will be back in trend. So I think that's what I love about fashion. What today was vintage could be the trend tomorrow, and what's current today can seem really stale tomorrow. But that's but that's the exciting part of fashion. I think that's what, what that's what also keeps us on our toes to keep keep trying something new and keep doing something fresh. Otherwise, if it's the same old slit and the bodycon gown and the same bell gown constantly. I mean, I think that was that in the middle, there was this moment where everyone was doing these mirrored outfits. And I was like, okay, I'm a little exhausted of seeing these extremely extremely mirrored, shiny outfits. Like, maybe it needs to calm down, go back to matte textures. Maybe trousers would be nice. Maybe a, maybe an outfit without a trail. I think there was this moment when people were doing these big, like, tool, like, lupas, like, on the red carpet. I think that was a bit... That was probably my least favorite um, moment in time for that topic, but I'm glad we sort of over it. I think we'll get back to simplicity.
0: And you've been doing a lot of runway show styling as well. You've done that at Lakme, you've done that at FTCI, We can tell you've got a of done backstage work for designers for the runway show. How is that like? I'm sure that must be adrenaline pumping, like that must be crazy chaotic.
1: It's chaos. Oh my God, it is the kind of chaos that doesn't exist anywhere else, like... The backstage of a runway is the most exciting place in fashion uh, because I have seen like last minute things completely change. Absolutely love it. It's the kind of energy that I thrive on. I love, I love chaotic energy. I think, I think it's really sometimes breathe really life into me. Fashion week runway backstage, I think, is the most exciting place to be for any stylist. So if you get an opportunity to just be backstage, assist someone, just be somewhere in the background, take it because it's the kind of. I mean, I've learned last minute because. Sometimes, uh, just before a model is about to walk, a zipper will snap and you need to now figure out a way to send her on the runway. She can't skip her, you know, moment and she can't skip the walk, so you have to figure something out. So being a fashion week stylist, I think, actually, amongst everything is one of the hardest things to do. But it's also one of the most teaching moments, I think, for a stylist. So, um, and also I think on the runway, you get to be so much more creative because you can accessorize in an insane way or go super minimal, You you can tell the story. Not just through, you know, not just through the fashion, but the styling narrative becomes so important to the runway. Even choreography, the music, the lighting, like all of that comes together so beautifully. And I think there are some great teams in India as well who are, who like work on great runway shows, so I love collaborating with the runway.
0: Is it worth investing in a luxury brand or a luxury product, like an accessory, say a Gucci bag or a Dior bag, is it really worth it?
1: Absolutely, invest in the classics. Unless you're a very trend-driven person, I would say invest in the classics. One, the quality is so good that it lasts really long. So it's not—it's you're not investing in something that's gonna last you a season or two. It's something that will last you your entire lifetime. Like I know friends whose mothers have passed down like luxury bags to them as like heirloom pieces almost, and today they'll probably be valued really high. So I think it's great to invest for sure, like in in luxury products. In fact uh accessories particularly because they'll never be out uh, they'll never be out of style the classics and if you're a trend person trends like I said are cyclical. you buy something today may not work tomorrow but it'll work again in a few years so definitely i think invest in luxury products always if you can afford it like i would
0: okay so i'll ask you fun rapid fire questions yes and uh, so are you a beach person or a mountain person
1: i'm a beach person like yeah Fully, like there's no there's no competition for me between mountains and beaches. Always the beach. Yeah,
0: print
1: or embellishments. Embellishments. <laughs> no, actually, I feel like I feel like they both have their moments, like their their appropriation. But I think what draws me a lot is like craftsmanship and embellishment because I, I think that we grow up looking at that in India and we like so obsessed with it. And it's, there's so much beautiful craftsmanship in India like in terms of the embroideries and embellishments, so obviously like, you know, it's going to be embellishments for us. Heels or sneakers? Sneakers for me, always. But when I'm dressing people, heels always. And, I, and I'm starting to learn to appreciate sneakers on my clients. So when they sometimes we get into these like little arguments, they like, oh, should I wear sneakers with this outfit? And I've learned to like, appreciate it slowly. And like, it's has been a quiet days for me. But it's always been heels otherwise. Midi or mini? Mini, for sure. I think everyone should show their legs. Leather or lace? Uh, <laughs> Both. When you combine it, it looks even sexier. Minimalism or
0: maximalism?
1: Maximalism. For me at least. Although I do feel like it has its moments and sometimes it can be too body and too like in your face. But like I'm a maximalist at heart. Like, and I've tried, to, I've tried to find a minimalist in me, it just doesn't happen. Like I definitely think maximalism for me all the way. Delhi or Bombay? Bombay. I'm from Delhi and I love it and it's a great vacation spot for me. It's a great It's a great time to go and meet my friends for like a couple of days. But I love living in Bombay. I think the energy of Bombay is just, it's indomitable. It's incomparable, I think, when it comes to anywhere in India. Like, you can't compare the energy with Bombay.
0: But how would you compare style between the two? You know, like Delhi, they say it's, their focus is more on looking too polished, too out there. You know, like always head done up, high heels. Bombay is more chilled out, more laid back. So how would you compare
1: the progress in both cities? That's a very fair deduction. I mean Delhi is definitely more polished, People are always very, very prim and proper. And Bombay is a bit more relaxed, but I think Bombay has its moments as well, like when we step out to parties and like when you know when you go to soha, when you go to like events and all people are people do put an effort, I think. Uh, you're a Bombay boy, so you 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 understand what that's like. I mean, I think people put in a lot of effort in Bombay as well. Not as much as in Delhi, for sure. But I think I don't. I also don't think the weather permits it in Bombay for people to be so dressed up all the time. Like we have, we live in a tropical place, like in Bombay, it's constantly like constantly sweating. So you need to wear like slightly breathable fabrics and like just easier silhouettes. So yeah, I mean, but but I but I love that about Bombay that that you know you can go anywhere. There are no restaurants that turn away people because they're wearing shorts. I have seen that in Delhi, you know in Delhi people there are restaurants not even like clubs that will turn people away from wearing open-toed shoes and I think that's a bit like insane like I I don't relate to that like I think people should be as comfortable as they want wherever they want to be so
0: thank you Mohit thank you for your time and it was lovely the whole session thank you thanks a lot
1: thank you so much
0: and Mohit I wish you all the best for all your future ventures
1: awesome stay in Mumbai